0: The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex.
1: It's that time of the day. The ABC's Word Wizard, Rolly Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is here willing and able to talk with you about words, language and linguistics. Rolly, I do believe you would like to start this afternoon's session with a poem.
2: With the sentiment... About football. Well, mm. sport, actually. Okay. Because during the weekend, three Brisbane teams came second, which hurt. On the other hand, they played extremely well. And there is a little poem by Grantland Rice, who is an American sports journal in the early years of the 20th century. And it finishes like this For when the one great scorer comes to mark against your name, he writes, Not that you won or lost, but how you played the game. Very nice. Yes, and we did.
1: We did, didn't we? We did uh, luck out, didn't we? Strike
2: we, we did out. Luck. Well, you've got a we,
1: list of words. Strike out. A list of words out. here. Yeah. You're still focusing on spot and soccer and uh, and all sorts of things. So, where shall we go to from here, Rolly? Because I think
2: we'll do luck out and and and, stri- and phrasal verbs. Phrasal verbs, <laughs> which are verbs. Oh, okay, right? doing words which have two bits: mm-hmm. a verb and another little part called a particle. Okay, and they're two-word things, and there are probably thousands of them in English. They're very, very common in the spoken language. When I was at school, I was taught that you don't write these things. They show a poor vocabulary.
1: Right. If you were prone to splenetic moments, you might uh, avail yourself of some choice. Phrasal verbs.
2: Indeed. Okay. For example, throw up. Mm. That's not an uh, an invitation. Um, Throw up has got at least three meanings. First of all, to toss something in the air. Second, uh, this uh, investigation threw up some interesting aspects. In oh, yeah. other words, revealed some aspects. And third is to vomit. Yeah. And what is interesting mm. is that with some of these, particularly the the kind of concrete ones, you can separate out the, the little phrasal bit and put it at the end. So he threw up the ball. He threw the ball up. I see. Right? But uh, if you say this investigation threw up some rather interesting new aspects, threw some new interesting aspects up? Uh, no, no. No. So it's the concrete one which allows, they're called separable particles, and you can put them at the end, right? But the, the derived ones, the more elaborate ones, including throwing up, by the way, uh, do not allow the separation. And I've got lots and lots and lots. And the other odd thing is that, first of all, the the particle itself, you no, know, up, it's got three totally different meanings. If it means anything, I think probably the verb plus particle, throw up meaning vomit or whatever. It's got one meaning right, and throw up meaning toss in the air. It's got another one. And you cannot rely on the particle to give you an idea about what the meaning is likely to be. Show up. Show up, yeah. But I, I showed him up. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, that one's all right. But um, there, there, I looked up the road in the, in the map. In the, uh, yeah, in the directory. Yes. I looked the road up. I looked up the road. That's all right. But if I'm standing looking along the road, mm-hmm. he looked up the road trying to discern whether there was a kangaroo in the distance, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't say I looked the road up in that sense.
1: No, okay. I understand now.
2: So this is actually quite subtle. Yeah. But the more you look, the more you find. And the separable ones are, are, are I think, rather interesting. You know I picked up the boys at school. I picked the boys up at school. Yeah. I need to pick up some Thai language. Before I go there, I need to pick some Thai language up. No, Mm -hmm. no. So these are things which native speakers of English have an instinct about. It's really hard for people who are learning English from outside. Lots and lots and lots. Um, Back out can mean, for example, not to keep a promise. He backed out of the agreement, right? But uh, back out is also to take your car in a reverse direction from a park trying not to hit things. Um just putting
1: you back out, but that's different again, isn't it?
2: That's different again. The English was not inclined for the faint-hearted, and sometimes it gets very complicated indeed.
1: Doesn't it what? Thank goodness for you, Professor Rowley Sussex, with you on ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland, setting you right about all the wrongs that you might hear, observe, or... Um commit in regards to language and linguistics. Wolf on the Sunshine Coast, you've got a query about a word that you saw in a book by Clive James. Hi, Wolf.
0: Hi, uh, Kat and Rowley. Can oh, you hear me okay? We can, yes. Okay. Yeah, I've just finished one of Clive's books and in there, there was a a word, um, oh. and it's a vouchsafe. V a u c h s a f e d. Yes. And I must admit, I've like Clive's pretty good with big words, but the, I have certainly never come across that before. I was just wondering, uh, yeah, where it may have originated from.
1: And no. do we class Clive as a blatherskite? But that's a sideline
2: oh. issue. Uh, oh, I think he is. <laughs> He's also a pretty pretty fair poet. But never mind. Okay, vouchsafe is one of these less common English words. Um, and vouch means to give something and safe means safely. So to vouchsafe means to give something in a gracious manner. So he, ha- he vouchsafed uh, several no million pounds upon his family, something like that. So you, you give it uh, with, with, uh, with style and elegance, something like that. But we don't do that very often nowadays, which is why we don't use vouchsafe very much. Um, you can also disclose information. You never vouchsafed that interesting detail before. In other words, you never okay. you never conferred that, that detail upon me. That's what well, it means.
0: Well, that certainly makes a lot of sense. But it does, I can't yeah. see me ever using it.
2: <laughs> well, you could try it in the pub and see how you go.
0: I'll give that a go. <laughs>
2: Best of luck. Good on you, Wolf. Thank you very much.
1: Graham in Budroom. G'day, Graham.
0: Good afternoon, Kat. Good afternoon, Rolly. Uh, two two words, um, quick questions. First one, I'd describe Rolly as being a sultan of sesquipidaciousness.
2: <laughs> ah, yes.
0: Um, now, that's a word that I learnt um, back in the Mitchell Library in Sydney when I was a teenager, um, and it means... Uh, It comes from the Latin root, uh, a foot and a half, and it means someone who uses long words, basically. That's right, yes. Um, But if I ever put that into... I can't find it in any dictionaries now or even on the dictionary app. It just doesn't come up. So that's one of those words that you say has fallen out of use? Uh,
2: If it was ever a regular bit of English, and I'll have to check the Oxford Dictionary, it's a a very, very uncommon one. And my guess, there is a, a... a database of English in America of six, 18 billion words of English. And if you check through there and it's not there, you can be pretty sure that it's not part of common English at all. Um, sesqui is, is Latin for one and a half, and the ped bit means foot. And sesquipedation is, is someone who is, is rather given to, 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 to long words with lots of feet in them, lots of stresses. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. What, was the, what was the other one?
0: Um, butterfly. Now, if you look at a butterfly, mm. there's nothing buttery about a butterfly. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm only a simple plumber, but I think that a butterfly must have originally come from uh, a butterfly fluttering by. Because that's a better description of a butterfly, it, it just it fluttered by. But I think it's been um, uh, abused over time to become the word butterfly.
2: Yeah, th- this is one of the the derivations which the ig- in dictionaries are not certain about. And so they tend to say orig uncertain, meaning origin, origin uncertain. It does come from butter and fly uh, in Old English. It was butterfly in Old English a thousand years ago. And the best guess is that either the common butterfly is yellow. And so it was flying by with sort of yellow, which was like butter. So a, oh. a buttery flying thing. Or there was an old, old superstition that butterflies stole, that insects stole butter. So it's a butterfly, something which flew away with the butter.
1: Did you see there's a photograph at the moment of um, people who are so concerned about butter being stolen in the United Kingdom have got those high tech security devices over the tubs of butter? Yes. Oh. Yes.
2: So there you go. Anyway, um, that, that, that's what it is, so um, insofar as we know. Uh, my guess is that I think the the yellow, the yellow insect fluttering by and looking like bits of butter is probably a better guess. I see. But we really, truly don't know for sure.
1: Uh, can I take you to the Glasshouse Mountains? Please. Roly? Helen is in the gorgeous Glasshouse Mountains with a great question about a phrase that I too have wondered about. Helen, hello. <laughs> Hi, Captain Roly. Uh, glad I've piqued your interest.
0: Um, I'm just thinking it actually can relate to this soccer we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. um, in that in this neck of the woods, we're not so big on soccer as we are in rugby. Right. Uh Where does the phrase neck of the woods come from? Yes. Ah.
2: Uh, I think it's um, American, and the idea was that uh, particularly on a narrow island, there would be a, a place where the, 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 the two shores would get close, as it were, and that is, that is what the neck of the woods is reported to be from, but no one really knows for sure. I'm sorry. So it's one of these ones where, again, as with Graham's question, we really know, unless someone had written it down at the time, we don't know.
1: Mm. Ah. You've done it again. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Thank you. Well done. Okay. Helen, thank you very much. Peter is in McDowell. day, Peter. Hello. How's Hi. the how's the roly cat? We're ro- roly-poly, I should say. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Very yeah, no,
2: well. I'm trying to take off weight. <laughs> what have you got for us, Peter?
0: Um, I wondered what happened to a lovely word, far. It's been replaced by way. Can you imagine the tale of two cities with it is a way way better thing I've done than I've ever done ah, before ah
2: yes okay i I think this is probably american um but you know way too way too difficult rather than far too difficult. You're quite right um far is on the way down and way is on the way up exactly where it came from. I'll have to check up and i I'm not sure you'd use it in every instance, but that's a nice observation, mm. And, uh, you know, this such, Team A was way too good for Team B. Now, far is always optional. You know, you can replace it. What are you grinning about? Matt? Well,
1: I'm just grinning about a favourite surfy dude phrase of mine, which is, oh, that's
2: way far out, man. So you oh, get both for the oh. price of one. You say that with such authenticity as Thank well. Thank
1: you. You should wait to hear Johnny do in the style of tomorrow afternoon. That's worth listening to. Peter, excellent observation. Thank you. Oh, bye. Peter at McDowell. Alison in Gympie. Hello, Alison. You've got a, another question about a, a phrase, I believe. What is it? Uh, yeah, I'm a drama teacher and we often play games. That's how kids learn
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: drama skills. And we often t- refer to you can't get the butcher back. And I always wonder where that comes from.
2: You can't get the butcher can't back. The butcher you heard back? that one? In what
1: yeah, context? and what it, what it, means, yeah. What yeah. it means is say, say if in a game I throw the ball to you, you can't throw the ball back to me. And that would be um, – and ah. students just seem to know it. You can't get the butcher back.
2: Hmm. That's just
1: – yeah.
2: And this is ball games only?
1: Oh, no, any games. Any, any like, game? Um, yeah, any meaning, games.
2: Meaning that this is – has it got anything to do with the person who's tagged as he or whatever?
1: Uh, no, it could be a, a female. But it's just um, it's just whoever gets you first or says your name first, no matter what game it is. Um, it's just a phrase that I knew growing up and kids seem to know.
2: Um, okay. And I
1: kind of like wonder wh- where it comes from. No returns. Yeah. like you know. I'm, yeah,
2: like no returns. Yeah. Yeah. No returns. Also, yeah. um, there, are, there are other phrases like barley, which people say when they don't want to be chased anymore. So if you're in a chasing game and you want to call yourself out of the chasing bit, you can say barley. And in England, they say fainites of all things. Really? So there are some Ooh. curious phrases around this. I will chase down the butcher for you. I've never yeah, heard this one that. before. Okay, next week, Alison.
1: Okay, beautiful. It's please. on the list.
2: Good work.
1: Okay, bye. Alison, thank you very much. Murray's at Clontarf. Um, you know, good question by the sounds of it. Murray, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Uh, just by the way, one day I saw a butterfly and all it did was flutter a boy. Oh, uh, yeah, very right. Nice.
1: Very nice. Yeah,
0: right. that's an old one. Yeah, no, Raleigh mine is contribute and contribute. Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, I make a contribution. You do? and um, But, yeah. So do I. All right. Now, th- this, so, one, <laughs> this one, uh, someone rang up about this a couple of months ago. Uh, oh, I, I say sorry, contribute I and yeah. distribute, okay? And and that's where the stress goes, and contribution and distribution. The British, for some reason, about 15 years ago, decided they were going to shift the stress to the first syllable, and so you get, I'm going to contribute something, I'm going to distribute something. And then they make contribution and distribution in parallel to it. Um, it's a, uh, a British aberration, but the BBC does it. The Royal Family does it. I'm sorry. Uh, some very well-placed people are doing it. We are holding the line in the ABC, Brisbane, and we're not doing it.
1: We're trying very hard at least. Well observed, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyone who says
2: contribute will be taken out oh to to. Um, yeah, and severely talked
1: to. Yes, they'll be in the re-education camps with the rest of them. Um, okay, Murray, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco at Emerald. Rocco, uh, we were talking about sports a little earlier, uh, the language and uh, phraseology around sports, sporting pursuits. Rolly gave us a lovely piece of poetry in relation to losing and losing well. Uh, and you've got a good question that fits the mould of that conversation. Rocco, go ahead.
0: Yes, Riley, I just, you triggered it off. I was just listening to the radio and I'd like to know, it's probably been asked before, like... The team that finishes last gets the wooden spoon. Ah, I like yes. to know
2: where that comes from. <laughs> uh, that, that comes from Oxford and Cambridge, and it was a tradition uh, that in in any of the college teams or whatever who finished last got a wooden spoon. It was a a kind of almost a mark of of failure, you know. But oh. it, it it now it now applies to virtually anything you want to apply it to when there's been a competition and someone comes last of all. So it's an old old British custom.
0: Yeah, I always thought the wooden spoon when you get a hiding thing. <laughs> uh, no, no.
2: no, no. That no, probably no. came much later. Well, or perhaps much earlier, I don't know. No longer allowed.
1: Thank you, Rocco. Jeanette of Tuong, uh, interested in a word that you hear a lot. Jeanette, hi. Oh, hi. Um, I was going to ask Rowley, um, I don't use it, but I've heard it in conversations for decades. And it seems to replace other words, but I'd just like to know the origin and, and, yeah, it's the word got, Mm -hmm. G-O-T.
2: G-O-T or C-O-T? No, G-O-T. Got, okay.
1: Some people people say, I've got a key, and think, well... Really? I have a key or I'm holding
2: it. Huh? Right. Okay. Um, get is one of the five most common verbs in English and it's used enormously common, commonly in, in spoken language. I was taught at school never to use it, never write it. it. it's a bad short word, you should be able to find something longer and more elegant. Now, get, the past tense is got. You know, I got something last week. I got a cold. And the past participle is Gotten. I have gotten. Sorry, I have got something. I beg your pardon. Uh, People are now saying "gotten," which is American. Uh, Shakespeare had both "got" and "gotten," and Uh by the time we were were settled in seventeen eighty eight, "gotten" had fallen out of use in Shakespeare in, in England, and so we didn't adopt it, but we are now getting it from America.
1: We'd forgotten, gotten. We'd forgotten,
2: gotten, no, in between reason. begetting. Mm-hmm. Because in the Bible, they, begetten, they no, They
1: begat all over the place in the Bible. They begat all over the place it, in Genesis, it, it. yes.
2: And they had begotten oh. many, 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 many children. <laughs> so um, so the story is got is the, is the correct form of the past. It's past tense. I got it, and I have got it. Those, that is what our grammar books say we should be saying if you use it at all. Uh, in written language... It's usually possible to avoid it, but sometimes it sounds a bit clunky if you do. In the spoken language, if you avoid it, you sound probably rather prissy because it is so frequent, enormously frequent.
1: Mm. Yeah. Jeanette, thank you. Uh, to Mackay now, Rolly and Ray uh, with a question for you. day. Ray. Go ahead.
2: Hey, Cat and Rolly. Yeah, a phrase I've heard
0: a bit and I've wondered what it is. The American was on Blue Buds and in NCIS.
2: What's your six? What's your I don't know six? what it means. Don't get shot or, or what? What does what's your six mean? It must it's a military or combat term. Ooh. I'm not a military person. Um, NCIS is, is a good source for things like this, particularly military and navy ones. Uh, what's your six? I just have to find that one out. I'm sorry. This is this is a bad day, I'm getting caught out.
1: Um, well Johnny the Man Manning thinks it might have something to do with uh, the origin uh, the origin of the phrase in the clock. The face of an analog clock. Yes. Um, with six being your back, so you watch your six, watch your back. I wonder.
2: That's okay. what Johnny's
1: thinking. You know, when we you when will, you kind of go. Yep. Some things at three o'clock. Some things at six, six o'clock. And six o'clock tends to be behind you.
2: If you're thinking about it horizontally, well, so that's how you tend to describe it, doesn't is it? Three o'clock on your right, and yeah, six like, is behind. It's
1: Charlie at six o'clock.
2: Yeah. Behind you, or in front of you, or whatever it
1: is. Yeah, Johnny the Man Manning. Well done! Hats off. Okay. I think, I
2: think he's probably right because this is this is something that is not common in I think out, outside the US, but it does mean watch your back, um, and that's 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 definitely definitely uh, uh, I think a, a, a military thing. There we, we go. We will find out.
1: Ah, uh, well, see retired uh, major Ross on the text line I'm says to, I... it is a clock face, but it's I have your back. So so, it's about the back, basically.
2: That's right, because right. in in military terms, three o'clock is on your right, six o'clock is behind you, nine o'clock is on mm. your left, mm. and 12 o'clock is in front of you.
1: Thanks, Ross, and uh, thanks, Raleigh, mm. and thanks, Johnny. Reginald, now uh, at Samford. You've got, yes, hello. You've got a a bone to pick, Reginald. Go ahead. Hello. Hi.
2: Are you there? Yes, we're here. You're
1: you're here yes, too. Good
2: afternoon to you, Ridge. Um, can something
0: be done to stop the abuse of the words icon and legend?
2: <laughs> I share your pain. We share your pain. Uh, Icon is a religious picture uh, used in the Orthodox or high Anglican churches, uh, often with incense burning in front of it, either, or or sometimes in people's houses. You have an icon in your your very best visiting room. Um, And it's now used, it means someone is an extremely outstanding example of something or other, particularly footballers or cricketers. Um, And again, so-and-so is a legend. Uh, There is a, a... a legal English phrase, no legend in his own time, which is a bit literary and okay, but saying, oh, you're a legend, meaning you are a fine person, you've done very well, I admire you, overused. And you're, you're quite right, uh, Reginald, I, uh, we, we would like to fix it, but I doubt if we can stop it.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Reginald. I will just keep moving to, to fit your questions in before uh, Roly's last word. Alan at Air. Uh, hello, Alan, what's your question? Go ahead.
0: Uh, I've got two actually the use of the word agreeance mm-hmm. i'm I'm in agreement with things. I find agreeance to be awful. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It's just clumsy. Mm-hmm. How did? It,
2: where did it come from? Okay. There are lots of nouns in English ending in M-E-N-T, and there are all, also lots ending in A-N-C-E and E-N-C-E. And uh, people have started saying agreeance rather than agreement, which is the correct one. And the Macquarie Dictionary, which uh, is careful about reflecting current usage, actually a includes agreeance. Now, it's under agreement. So, agreement is the recommended one. Agreance is, is recognised as being found, but not recommended for current usage. That's where we are with it. I, Look, I, I entirely agree with you. Use agreement and, and try and stop. And I, yeah,
0: I'll keep using agreement. The one that really gets under my skin, though, and I've seen this in sort of academic texts and
2: whatever, is when you have some text... And the graph, the words are the below graph. Ah, yes. Now, that annoys me because if, for instance, you say the cat is in the kitchen, nobody says
0: in the kitchen is the cat.
2: Well, they could if they were being a bit poetic or writing children's stories. But yeah, below is an adverb and it means, you know, the location lower than whatever else you're talking about. And what they've done here is they've used it as an adjective. So the below text, the below graph or whatever. And it's an extension. It's called conversion and conversion happens when you use one part of speech as another part of speech without putting any endings on it to mark the fact that you're doing something unusual. Okay, but after all, you butter your bread, and butter is a substance in butterflies as well, all right? You don't marge your bread, you don't honey your bread, you oil a pan,
1: mm.
2: you fat a pan. I don't think so.
1: Grease a pan, yeah, you grease yeah, the yeah, pan. Yeah. So that some saying. you do, some yeah. you don't. Yeah. This is yeah. conversion,
2: and they've used it here. I don't like it either, and I think my editor, when I write things, would probably run a big red pencil through.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, to Majors Creek in North Queensland now for our last question uh, from Ron. Hi, Ron.
0: Hi, Kat. Thanks for fitting us in.
1: No worries, mate. Go ahead.
0: Hi, Raleigh. Um The origins of ju- uh, juggernaut, what, uh, where does that come
2: from? Oh. Well, what What brought that one up? Because it's not, uh, not well, found it's not much... A-
0: yeah, it's not used terribly much, but I was thinking about some of the tycoons and what they uh, used to be called there in the '70s and uh, late 70s and 80s, and they used to call them juggernauts. And
2: mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, what what's the origin of that word? Okay. Um, it comes from Indian, from Sanskrit, actually, which is the, the parent language of Hindi, the language of India, and Jagannatha was the lord of the world. So someone who was very big and very powerful. And it was actually, juggernauts were used uh, for um, large heavy vehicles, particularly military ones in the British Army, but also a very powerful force of some kind. You know, so and such and such is a, such a powerful team there. It's an absolute juggernaut. They're going to beat everybody this year. But it comes from the ancient Sanskrit word for Lord. No? So that, it, it's quite old and, and quite, quite actually distinguished.
1: There you go. Thank you, Ron. And thank you, Raleigh. It's time for your last
2: word. I've got yet another phrasal verb just to show how weird they can be. Make out. Would you like to make out this check? Meaning you're going to fill it in, fill in the details, all right? I looked through the mist and I could only make out the shape of a a sheep. All right. But the last one, of course, is the two young people were making out, meaning engaged in heightened amorous activity.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. Pleasure and a privilege as ever. Professor Raleigh Sussex. You've been listening to A Word in Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more
2: information, head to abc.net.au slash brisbane.